I am continuing my sermon series on the book of Genesis, and this morning we are looking at Genesis chapter 4. We're going to split it up into two separate readings. The first is from Genesis 4, verses 1 through 8. I invite you to follow along. The story of Cain and Abel. Now, the man knew his wife, Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next, she bore his brother, Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, for his part, brought of the firstlings of his flock their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. One translation said his face was downcast. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I uh, love the story. It's told of the farmer who went to his attorney because he wanted a divorce. And he walked into his attorney's office and he said, I want one of them their divorces. And the attorney asked, well, do you have any grounds? And the farmer said, yeah, I've got about 150 acres. And the, and the attorney said, no, 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 I mean, do you have a case? And the farmer said, no, I don't have a case, but I do have a John Deere. <laughs> the attorney said, well, do you have a grudge? And the farmer said, yeah, and that's where I park my John Deere. I park it in the garage. <laughs> and the attorney said, look, do you have a suit? And he said, yeah, I sure do, and I wear it to church every Sunday. Well, this attorney was so exasperated, so he asked the farmer, I want to know, does, does your wife beat you up or anything? He said, no, we both get up around the same time, 4.30 every morning. <laughs> And finally, this attorney, shaking his head, said, Sir, why, why do you want a divorce? And the farmer said, Well, we just don't seem to have any kind of meaningful conversation. <laughs> Sometimes it seems as if certain people have been put in our lives just to drive us crazy. There are people who will just make our blood boil. You may be married to someone like that. I'm a month in, not so yet, good to know. But you know what, what happens? We grow frustrated, bitter, full of resentment, rage, anger. In our Old Testament scripture reading, we see the anger that Cain had towards his brother Abel. In fact, Cain chose to act out that anger with rage. Cain saw God's acceptance of Abel as an outright rejection of Cain, and so he reacts swiftly and with deadly force. 
The theologian E. Stanley Jones once said, a Christian is more likely to sin by his reactions than by his actions. And Cain's reaction was to do away with his own brother, to wipe out his own flesh and blood family. I'd like for us to continue the story from Genesis chapter 4, picking it up in verse 9 and reading through verse 16 again. I invite you to follow along on the screen. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Today you have driven me away from the soil, and I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and anyone who meets me may kill me. Then the Lord said to him, not so. Whoever kills Cain will suffer a sevenfold vengeance. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who came upon him would kill him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. And friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, we are attempting to grasp a tiger by the tail this morning, and it's this snarling tiger of anger which all too often rises up in our soul to attack others. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit would come to us now and tame this angry beast within us so that every day of our lives we might instead truly reflect the love and grace of Jesus Christ. For it is in his name that we pray. Amen. Oh, by a show of hands, how many of you remember playing the game Clue, the board game? Raise your hand. Yeah, lots of you did. I remember playing as a kid. You kind of would move your piece around the board, visiting different rooms, gathering evidence, trying to pick up clues as to the suspect, weapon, and in which room the murder might have occurred. For example, it might be Colonel Mustard in the kitchen with the pipe. If you are able to solve the who, the where, and the how, you win the game. Well, in Genesis chapter 4, our scripture reading for today, the first murder in the Bible occurs. And if we were playing the game of Clue, we would have all the information we would need to solve this murder mystery. It was Cain in the field, his home turf, with a farming tool, like maybe a shovel, which he then used to bury his brother. And yet the big question, the question on our minds might be to that of motive, the why. Game of Clue doesn't talk about the why. Well, I believe that birth order may be the why and the key to unlocking the story of Cain and Abel. 
You heard me read. Now the man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have produced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a tiller of the ground. Notice how the pecking order is already in place. Adam and Eve have a child. They name him Cain, which means I have brought forth a man. His kid brother comes along, and they tag him with the name Abel, which means frailty, nothingness. And that is exactly how Cain saw it. The man and the nothing. This, this rift between brothers then extends out into the workplace. Cain and Abel choose completely opposite and competing occupations. Cain is a tiller of the soil. Abel is a keeper of the flocks. Cain was a farmer. Abel was a shepherd. But there's nothing that shows the, the gulf between these two brothers in that they don't even go to church together. Think about that for just a moment. The first two brothers on earth actually hold two separate worship services. There's the joke about the, what the first two Scotsmen did who came to this country. One started the first Presbyterian church and the other went across the street and started the second Presbyterian church. Cain and Abel have separate offerings. Cain's offering is from out in his field and Abel presents his offering from his own flock. And I think there's the rub because it says the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. Why? What was the basis of God's preference of one offering over the other? Is it possible that, that God is like me, that God likes prime rib and despises anything green like Brussels sprouts or asparagus? Is that possible? Why does he accept the shepherd's offering but not accept the farmer's offering? Well, as we read the story, what we find out is that Abel brought his very best. Abel brought that which cost him something. He, he brought the choicest cuts of his finest stock to God. And it appears that Cain kind of absentmindedly grabbed a few vegetables on his way out the door and then threw them on the pile. But Abel brought his very best to God. And as for Cain, his worship of God just fell flat. And it says in verse 5, so Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. There's this beast now deep inside of him that he's going to have to deal with. He's got an anger and an unhealthy relationship with God. He's got an anger and hatred towards his brother. Someone has said that hatred is a tiger snarling in our soul. I think that's true. It, it devours friendships. It destroys families. Cain had always been the superior older brother, and then God came along and just jerked the rug right out from underneath him. And so he's hopping mad, jealous, bitter, full of rage, angry. Now I'm going to come clean here and make a confession to you. I kind of know a little bit about how Cain feels because I am an older brother in my family. And I set up the pecking order just like Cain did. 
My sister Karen, who you've met many times, is seven years younger than me. And I pretty much had the run of the place until my kid's sister came along. I started playing the trumpet when I was in elementary school, before my sister even knew how to walk. And then I went on to play in the middle school band and then the high school band. Karen decided that she wanted to play an instrument starting in the third grade. Guess which instrument she decided to play? You guessed it, the trumpet. And then she went on to play in the middle school and high school band. But you wanna know the worst thing? She was better at the trumpet than I ever was. <laughs> now, how painful was that for me? I remember once returning to my middle school and seeing my music teacher after I had gone off to college. Now, that's a moment of anxiety for any graduate because you're always wondering, did I make a big enough splash for him to remember me? And so I walked into his office, and Mr. Condro, the band teacher, was seated on his desk. And he looked up and said, may I help you? I said, Mr. Condro, it's me, John Hartman. He said, oh, John, say, how's your sister Karen doing? <laughs> I now know why Cain killed his brother. <laughs> Abel isn't the only victim in this story. Cain is also a victim. Cain is also hurting. Cain has been knocked off the pedestal and put under his younger brother. And so his ego is shattered and he hates his brother. And he faces this agonizing crisis within that tortured soul of his. And one of the most memorable face-to-face -face encounters, perhaps in all the Old Testament, God takes Cain aside and says in verse seven, if you do not do well, Sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. In other words, Cain, if you don't get a grip on your anger, it is going to do you in. It is going to literally tear your soul to shreds. We flip over the New Testament, and James sort of punctuates those thoughts in chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, when he says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For one's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. It is said that when Abraham Lincoln uh, announced to his cabinet that he intended to forgive the, the Southerners and restore the South, that his Secretary of State at the time, a gentleman by the name of Edwin Stanton, challenged him. He said, Mr. President, I think we ought to destroy our enemies. And Lincoln replied, Mr. Secretary, do we not destroy our enemies when we make them our friends? In other words, I think what Abraham Lincoln was saying is, are we not our brother's keeper? You see, the way that we deal with anger is through forgiveness. And unfortunately, Cain can't bring himself to do that. Instead, he tells his brother, let's go for a little walk in the field, Abel, and they're out in the field, and Cain's a few paces behind, and he raises an axe or a shovel over his shoulders, and he brings it down upon Abel's head, and he kills his brother. Now, just remember, this is not a story of how two brothers came to disagree over a sacrificial offering to God. This is not some kind of isolated incident in history. 
This is the first case of something that is repeated again and again and again and again. Over 21,000 times in America last year, the sin of Cain was repeated. Homicide is now the second leading cause of death for people ages 15 to 24. Some 1,000 murders will take place in Pennsylvania this year alone. And so you see, we have Cain's blood coursing through our veins. We too have a nasty lower nature. As a matter of fact, if you think about it, Abel died before he had kids, so all of us are descendant of Cain. So we look at the story, this story of Cain and Abel, and it really doesn't offer us a lot of hope, does it? Cain is told that now you are cursed from the ground, which has opens its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And then I think we have some of the saddest words in all the Bible. It says in verse 16, then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. And it seems that's where we are today. We are separated from God, and we are so full of violence and hatred that the chasms between people are so great, the violence within us is so strong, where does it end? It ends at this table. This table ends the story of Cain and Abel. At this table, Jesus brings us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. At this table, Cain and Abel are reconciled to God and to each other. And so this morning, I want to invite you to come to the table. Bring your Cain, bring your Abel, whether you've been the aggressor like Cain or a victim like Abel. But before you do that, I want you to think in your mind, is there someone with whom you are angry this morning? Is there someone that you need to forgive? It might be someone who needs to forgive you. Bring that person with you to the table this morning. And while you may not be able to do that personally, do it in your mind and do it in your heart. Perform mental surgery on that person and separate the person from the hurt that they have caused you. Friends, I guarantee you that this week there are going to be things that hurt you, that make you fearful, that, and that, that sin is going to be lurking at your door. And either we're going to lash out in anger like Cain, or we're going to follow the path of forgiveness set forth in Jesus Christ. The Christian writer C.S. Lewis said, the angels of God hold their breath to see which way we will go. Which way will you go? This morning, as you come to the table, cage the tiger. Be your brother's keeper.